It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Welcome in. What a uh, What a weekend it was in the state of North Carolina for sports in Pirate Nation for uh, all the things going on in the wonderful world of sports. The great P-Man here with you, Patrick Johnson Show. Thanks for being part of things with us here on a Monday, your drive home. Uh, that is if you're working today. I know a few people had uh, today off with it being uh, President's Day. So uh, if you're like majority of us, you're headed home after a uh, hard day. hard day's work, right? Uh, welcome in. Great to have you along. We uh, have been here, Chris here, thanks to them and uh, all of our staff for their hard work over the weekend. Uh, crazy weekend that was with weather as far as uh, kind of wrecking havoc, wreaking havoc, one of the two, on uh, everything going on with uh, spring sports as we're in crossover season for uh, ECU Athletics Part de Pirate baseball with a route a rout of uh, GW yesterday, really in all three games, but certainly yesterday, 23-5. We'll hear from Coach Godwin coming up on our Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Cliff Godwin segment. Uh, that is coming up in a matter of minutes. I uh, also want to tell you tonight at 6, on uh, right here on 94.3 The Game, it'll be Inside ECU Athletics Coach Kim McNeil and a couple of Pirate players will be the guest, this is the first radio show since uh, Jeff Charles is uh, passing. They did not have a show last week in the aftermath of that, but uh, they will renew at the coaches' show this week. And Brian Bailey will be hosting the program, so uh, that is coming up live from Logan's Roadhouse at 6 o'clock. We'll get you there coming up here on 94.3 The Game. Some more house cleaning items for uh, we get too deep into things here. Tomorrow, no PJ show. We will have ECU baseball coming to you from Jim Perry Stadium in Bowie's Creek as 3-0 and ECU takes on 2-1 and Campbell as the Pirates will make the trip south to uh, take on the Fighting Camels, who uh, got off to a good start, but they were routed on the diamond yesterday by the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Thank you to everyone who watched, either encouraging or even hate-watching, uh, during uh, the broadcast this weekend on ESPN+. Uh, Plus. Uh, enjoyed that, and uh, looking forward to this weekend when UNC comes a-calling. Uh, that'll be the next uh, ESPN Plus broadcast as far as I'm involved uh, with uh, Pirate Baseball. Again, Cliff Godwin coming up in just a little bit. So where to start, obviously, uh, with ECU Baseball and the uh, huge hit brigade yesterday, Pirates really got it going and just steamrolled uh, an opponent that uh, likely, and, and frankly, they should have steamrolled yesterday. Uh, GW game effort in the Saturday doubleheader, and they made it a 3-2 game at one point. Uh, it was good to see Robbie Wacker, the Greenville native, uh, uncorking a two-run shot yesterday. Uh, he played pretty well, I thought, 
during the course of the weekend in Wacker, whose parents uh, taught at ECU. They were professors there. He went to Pirate Games growing up, uh, played for the legendary Ronald Vincent at J.H. Rose before heading to Richmond, then Emory University, and now GW. And uh, Wacker even tweeted it was a, a fun time for him. So, hey, we always love guys from Greenville and Pitt County and the East to do well, and we're happy that uh, Robbie Wacker played at least, uh, in our opinion, relatively well over the weekend. Series, and good to have him hit a home run. I know uh, that was probably the ideal scenario for a lot of fans, see the local kid hit a homer, but the Pirates win the game, and uh, that's kind of what uh, played out. GW had uh, some nice moments, but uh, Pirate Bats just were sizzling yesterday. Most hits since 2015 in a game, most runs since uh, 12 seasons ago in a game. And uh, ECU uh, remaining at number 11 in the uh, D1Baseball.com poll, I believe is the one where they still are number 11 in the rankings. The big uh, number out of the weekend was Justin Wilcoxon, a couple of homers. He uh, had a big uh, day at the plate every day, both days, all three games. 10 out of 14, he was named the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week, and rightfully so. When we talked to Coach Godwin earlier today, we talked about Justin Wilcoxon to lead off that conversation, so that'll be coming up in just a little bit, and I think you'll enjoy that. In fact, I hope you will. Also, give Wilcoxon, uh, he threw out a runner yesterday in the game, and give him uh, a lot of props because he caught all but one inning with uh, McChrystal out with an injury, Ryan McChrystal out with an injury, and it looks like that is going to be for uh, – a little bit more of an extended period of time than maybe initially believed at the start of the weekend. So uh, Wilcoxon off to a hot start. Hopefully that will continue. But Cliff Godwin, you'll hear some of the comments that he had to say uh, exclusively to us here on 94.3 The Game. By the way, not only do we have that conversation in part or in total for you every Monday with Coach Godwin, but we bring that to you in podcast form every Monday during the baseball season usually post mid to late morning on Mondays on 94.3thegame.com. Just go to the Inside the ECU Clubhouse tab for our podcast to catch that every Monday morning. And, again, if you miss it, too busy on a Monday, we'll have the majority, if not all, of that conversation weekly with you right here on the PJ Show with uh, Coach G, as the players uh, call him. I love that, by the way, Coach G. Congratulations, too, to Ezra Ozar. Ezra was named the... American Athletic Conference Rookie of the Week for the first time. Pirates uh, had a tough setback yesterday, despite the 27, a career high from R.J. Felton, who's playing lights-out basketball right now, and a double-double in the game yesterday from uh, Jalen Walker of 18 and 10 dimes. ECU, uh, they were in it, but just got a little out-tough down the stretch, out-rebounded down the stretch, and the Pirates uh, fell at SMU, they split the season series. So after the loss in Dallas yesterday, Pirate basketball remaining on the road. They head to Tulsa, where they will play tomorrow night. Programming note for you as far as that goes, tomorrow we'll have baseball, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, for you right here with uh, Scooter and Coach O on 94.3 The Game. From Campbell tomorrow, 4.45 airtime, 5 o'clock first pitch on the ECU Sports Radio Network. And then coming up uh, tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, that's the tip time for ECU and Tulsa. And that will be on 107.9 WNCT, the 100,000-watt flagship home of your ECU 
pirates in basketball and football, of course. So uh, there you go with that. Uh, those are the uh, notes as far as programming goes tomorrow. Uh, shout out to Danae McNeil. Uh, she is named to the AAC honor roll for another week. Good for her as uh, the Pirates come from behind to Kim McNeil's uh, women's team to beat UCF at home on Saturday. And uh, they've announced today free admission to the game on Wednesday against Houston as they try to pack a crowd in there for the uh, final home game of the regular season for uh, Coach McNeil's women's basketball team. And again, Coach McNeil will be the guest coming up at the top of the hour on Inside ECU Athletics, the radio show from Logan's Roadhouse right here on 94.3 The Game. Of course, we had the Daytona 500 this weekend. It was the longest. It just didn't feel that way. It was the longest uh, Daytona 500. Uh, also had the uh, Genesis Invitational event in golf out there. Great uh, event happening there as John Rahm wins his third event of the calendar year and right now is the best golfer in the world, and it's fantastic. We've also got, uh, I think what was probably, and, and I don't think this is recency biased or hometown bias, I think the stadium series seemed to be well-received in Raleigh across the board. They did have some of those traffic issues, which are going to be downplayed by many in the Raleigh sports media, Triangle sports media, but... They were there. Uh, they were not as pronounced, perhaps, as they have been in situations in the past, like uh, the Beyonce concert at Carter Finley years ago, where people couldn't even get to the concert despite spending hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars for a ticket. Uh, by and large, things got moving, and everybody was in there, and it was a heck of a scene. It looked great on television. I watched some of that Saturday night. It was fantastic. So that was one of the other kind of highlight events, in my opinion, for the uh, weekend. Great that the Canes won, but the spectacle and the, you know, showing off of uh, Raleigh and the Triangle in North Carolina uh, was a was a good thing. And I, and I think the you know I I don't know how soon that will rotate back this way, but I think Raleigh now is on the rotation. And who knows? Maybe it's one of those New Year's Day games down the road if that ever expands to more than one. Maybe it's it's a doubleheader on the same day. I, I don't know, but. I think Raleigh and, you know, there's a lot of people from Greenville that went to that. I was talking to a guy yesterday who went and had a heck of a time, he said. Uh, my buddy Joe DeLoach, many of us know Joe here in Greenville. He lives up just outside of uh, Raleigh now, but he was there uh, sporting some purple and gold, I believe, too. But uh, And I got the report a lot of ECU fans were there, you know, with uh, Canes gear and also Pirate gear. So it's a good event, a great event, actually. Uh, really well done. And... Yeah, the Canes won, but it was the spectacle and the success of the spectacle that uh, was a big deal in my mind. And that's great. Anytime you can have something that seemed to go off really without a hitch, the weather cooperated, it was a, it was a good thing this uh, weekend. And I know a lot of people even that uh, are expats of the state that were living out of state, in places like Florida or wherever now, were very proud of uh, North Carolina being uh, shown the way it was. I did not see... Obviously, any of the uh, UNC-NC State game, but the Tar Heels obviously smarting uh, today after taking a uh, taking one on the chin, taking one on the uh, right to the nose from the Wolfpack. And yeah, good for NC State. Glad that the uh, Wolfpack uh, kind of exercised a demon that had been UNC in recent years. 
pack have a lot of momentum now. Likely will finish in the top four in the ACC. At least that's where it's kind of trending right now. Obviously, Clemson's trending back with their embarrassing loss to Louisville to, uh, last over the weekend. Louisville's at Duke tonight. So good for NC State. That was a big deal for them. And glad that they got a, a victory over uh, the Tar Heels, who are in danger for the first time ever going from number one in the preseason poll to not making the tournament. That is a legitimate shot. Now, doesn't mean that they're out yet because one thing that UNC does have with kind of a backloaded schedule, and they've got Duke, they've got Notre Dame, they have some oper- – or Virginia, excuse me. They have some opportunities to pick up some wins and obviously the ACC tournament. So they have some a chance to get some of those quad one wins that are so coveted. And if they're right there as a – you know, as a, a team that's on the bubble, if they can pick off Virginia or even Duke at home, maybe a win in the ACC. It's just going to – their schedule will help them because they will have opportunities, but they are reaching a point where they've got to win games. But right now it is, uh, I think, on the outside looking in, and that's not even me looking at any of the uh, bubble stuff today. That's just, just, I think, where this thing is headed, and that is a bad deal. The thing that will save Hubert Davis, and we have UNC fans, and we have a lot of state fans that listen, we have a lot of UNC fans that listen. The thing right now that I think will help Hubert Davis is the recruiting class in two years. Now, this whole team could come back next year, but it's the recruiting class in two years that I think could be most helpful to Hubert Davis. All right, uh, this is the Patrick Johnson Show. We will grab a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll do a pirate report for you. Uh, We also have our Inside the ECU Clubhouse segment coming up with Cliff Godwin. So a lot still to come here. Don't you dare go away. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pirate basketball with a setback yesterday as they lost to SMU on the road. That's where we start right now, and this is Coach Swartz, his comments following the uh, loss at the Moody Coliseum yesterday. Two things uh, in particular, uh, offensive rebounds. I mean, we got our butt kicked on the offensive glass. Um, it's something that we've had success doing to other teams, and they flipped the script on us in a, in a very strong way today uh, by getting 17 of them, uh, including four of them off the free throw line, which is unacceptable, and we just talked about that. And then turnovers. You, you, you're not going to win. I don't care if you're at home, if you're on the road, if you're on Mars. You're not going to win with 19 turnovers. Coach Swartz disappointed in the Pirates' rebounding effort yesterday. Shockingly enough, honestly, our offensive numbers were good enough to compete in this game to shoot 47%, and you're in a position to have a chance to offensively do what you do. But if you don't defensive rebound and you give up that many possessions and turnovers, you got no shot. Right. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the time we, we, we rebound the ball well, we take care of the defensive mm-hmm. glass, we take care of the offensive glass, and our numbers are shooting low 40s or, you know, if that. Sure. And you still find a way to be in games. But that shows you how important rebounding and turnovers are, that even if you play well offensively and make shots, that's really secondary, and it's not at all, the that's not what's going to win you game. Another area where the Pirates fell short yesterday, not getting to the free throw line, according to Coach. Yeah, we you know we were trying to get the ball to paint. You know, 
just didn't it just didn't go that way in, in, in terms of free throws. We were you know trying to drive the basketball. Uh, then on the other end, what happens, Mike, is you get down, and it was a two possession game with eight nine minutes to go. I yeah. mean, the game was still a two possession game. We called that timeout early in the second half. Uh, I thought we came out of that timeout really well. We got a steal. We scored. We got another stop and score. Uh, you know, but then they hit some shots off offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Now you start to pick your pressure up, and what happens is you start playing a little erratic now you're pressuring zurich phelps 29 feet from the basket Mm -hmm. and he's too good of a player to do that bang foul one and one they go make and now those free throws start to add up because that's on us by fouling right and we were not able to get the free throw line on the other end of course we told you rj felton with a career high 27 and a double double for Jaden walker mike swartz on their performance proud of those two guys and we'll keep we'll keep building on that uh we will Uh, you know Jaden knows that as a point guard, taking care of that ball is, is a premium. And so, you know, I know he's not happy with four turnovers. And, you know, the big thing is Brandon Johnson. I know he's not happy with six turnovers. Right. But guess what, Mike? You and I both know this. Teams are going to start getting physical and trapping him and doing things to get him out of his yeah. rhythm. And Brandon's going to learn from that, and he's going to respond. And it just wasn't wasn't our night tonight in terms of handling that pressure that they brought to him. Some of the postgame comments from Mike Swartz. Great job, too, by uh, Mike Perry did a fabulous job last Wednesday and has done a good job tonight. He's kind of working with different announcers. That is not easy, folks. And uh, Mike Perry, who I think is very insightful a lot of times, and maybe doesn't get enough credit for the uh, work he's done on the radio network the last couple of years, uh, with uh, some good insights into the postgame as he quizzed uh, Coach Swartz there. Don't forget the Pirates come back at it tomorrow as they will take on Tulsa. From uh, Oklahoma, the uh, Golden Hurricane have been on the struggle bus here as of late. So see if the Pirates can get back-to-back wins at Tulsa. That would be a uh, first in basketball program history. All right, uh, Pirate Baseball with a huge weekend. Let's hear from some of the players now. We'll have Coach Godwin in our Inside the ECU Clubhouse segment coming up. This is Jacob Starling talking about uh, last night, Sunday afternoon, coming a Home run, and he was robbed of that homer, shy of the cycle. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. I mean, wasn't really thinking about that during my bats, but I'm just happy that we could score a lot of runs early and get the win. Starling homered on Saturday. That was a great uh, moment that went viral on Instagram, I believe, where his uh, family was celebrating down in uh, Florida. This is Starling on his performances uh, over the weekend. Yeah, you know, everybody's been swinging the bat good. Um Coach G had confidence in me to put me in the four hole and just took my approach and just keep swinging the bat. And Starling talked about his defensive effort. Yeah, we take a lot of pride in our defense. Coach P does an unbelievable job working with all the infielders and just giving us the best opportunity to be the best defender we can be. JJC had a uh, awesome diving catch yesterday when he switched over to right field. He discussed that uh, in the post game. Uh, I told the, the guys out in the jungle I was back at home. That sounded like J.C. was at one of those pre-Hurricanes Fan Fest concerts is what that sounded like. <laughs> uh, again, great job by our crew. Lots of great videos. Check them out on our social media, 943thegame.com. Also, uh, you can check them out at 943thegame on Twitter and on our Facebook page, 943thegame. 
Earlier today, that, that, by the way, is today's Pirate Report. Don't forget Pirate uh, Baseball tomorrow right here. 4.45 uh, will be the time, and it will be uh, a 5 o'clock first pitch, 5.02, with the ESPN Plus uh, roll-in. So we'll have that for you tomorrow, and uh, look forward to bringing you uh, that right here in lieu of our uh, program tomorrow. We'll be back Wednesday with a fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show and uh, Pirate Basketball tomorrow night at Tulsa on 107.9 WNCT. Uh, We'll have more about Pirate Baseball with Coach Godwin coming up, our Inside the ECU Clubhouse segment. Earlier today on Talk of the Town on 103.7 WTIB here in Greenville, uh, we had Wes Durham, voice of the ACC, on with us. Jeff Charles, uh, the private funeral for Jeff for his family and uh, some close colleagues and friends held on Saturday. A beautiful uh, memorial for Jeff, from what I understand. And uh, we we had a nice uh, chat with Matt Maloney on air yesterday during the fourth inning, top of the fourth inning, uh, about Jeff and his life. Uh, If you uh, Those two were very, very close, big guys. We all know him. So if you want to check that out, uh, do on the ESPN Plus channel. Roll back, and I, and I would even say I was still getting uh, people reaching out to me, and, and look, I just tried not to screw it up, uh, but they really enjoyed our production last Wednesday. Helped that the Pirates won, beat Cincinnati, but uh, the TV crew had some great snippets and sound bites of Jeff's career, and uh, they also had some fantastic, uh, had some fantastic. Uh, video, that, the, the same one that aired at the arena, we aired at halftime that Brian Medor put together, and Medor with uh, just an awesome, awesome uh, tribute video. Uh, anyway, I wanted to uh, wanted to play this from this morning. We had Wes Durham on, and uh, he talked about his relationship with uh, Jeff. Uh, play that for you here. It's a fairly lengthy soundbite, but I, I think you'll enjoy it uh, here. And then uh, we'll hit a break. But uh, this is Wes Durham talking about Jeff Charles. Well, basically, um, in my senior year of college, at Eastern, uh, one of the things that, you know, well, actually the last 18 months of my college career at Elon, one of the things my dad told me, and it's it's been one of the life's great lessons in terms of our business, is you need to, you, you can share tapes with me and videos with me and things like that but you really need to get out and you know contact other people and get your work to other folks and so when I did games at Elon and I was very blessed to do you know 150 football and basketball games in four years of college which was you know just crazy and I started sending tapes out and I would spend time in the spring you know using those old duplicating machines for cassettes and cut off you know 20 minutes of game and send them to people like Jeff and I uh, sent them to Steve Martin down in Charlotte and people up in Virginia. Henry and Patrick literally at, at times across the southeast just hoping, you know, to get some feedback. And I remember uh, in the spring of 88, uh, I sent something to Jeff Charles at East Carolina. And he had just gotten the job, I think. And he was kind enough not only to write me back, he was kind enough to give me incredible feedback about my tape but also say, hey, I'd really like to help you if I can, because I think you've got some ability here. And he was really one of the first people to invest in my ability uh, outside of people, I guess, that had known me. I, and I didn't really know him. I knew he'd done Virginia Tech, and I knew he was from Goshen, Indiana. And, 
you know, been at WSB and things like that. But outside of that, I, I really didn't know. And so um, it, we developed a bit of a friendship. And sure enough, uh, July 4th, 1988, my phone rings, and I'm at my parents' house, and my parents are off on vacation. And I answer the phone, it's Jeff Charles. And he tells me that Radford University in Virginia is looking for a radio announcer to do their games. And the, the trick is they're going to make the person they hire an employee of the school. Well, this is like, you know, this is nirvana for me. So I go all in. I'm, you know, heck, I'm 22 and right out of college. I'm all in. I call my parents. They're on vacation. And I said, hey, look, Jeff Charles just called me from East Carolina and Radford University is going to hire a radio announcer. That'll be the job I get. And my dad's like, sure, okay, go ahead. And there's a long, drawn-out story about actually getting the job. But essentially, if Jeff doesn't call me on July 4th, 1988, August 8th, my dad's birthday, 1988, Henry, I get hired at Radford. They offer me the job. That's so awesome. Just over, just over a month later. And then, ironically, what happens is the fifth game of that basketball season, we don't have football at Radford, they still don't. The fifth game of that basketball season, Radford plays at Menji's Coliseum against East Carolina. <laughs> I remember that. And I and I come down and, and do the game, and Jeff and I went out and had a bite to eat after uh, the ball game, uh, things like that. And from that point on, uh, he was a friend in the business. Yeah. And he helped me understand the value of the friendships. Uh, he would call me at times. I would call him. We stayed in periodic touch over the years. Um, I mean, I remember going to Vanderbilt – you know, four years later, after three at Radford and one at Marshall, when I got the Vanderbilt job, he called me and said, holy cow, this is great. Congratulations. I said, thanks. I'm about scared to death. And he said, don't worry about it. Just go do you. And um, when I got to Atlanta in 95 to start doing Georgia Tech, he was one of the people I called because his name, I when I first went to Atlanta, I worked for Cox Broadcasting, which obviously owned WSB and had the rights to Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, Larry, my, my friendship with Larry Munson became – pretty well known in this market and larry and i became great friends because you know me henry I, i'm a big fan of the old school guys man i mean and he was Muscles one of the best Dodge, one of oh, the best unbelievable and a, and a complete character which was just awesome but jeff was a guy who reached out to some of those people at wsb that were still there i mean there were salespeople who had been there for a hundred years who came <laughs> up and said oh you know jeff charles yes yeah. oh well blah 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 you know, and it's just really a fond friendship and um, it was terrific to see him, uh, you know, just create the legacy in, in Greenville and with East Carolina people. And it's funny because I have several friends in Atlanta. I have a couple friends in Atlanta who are huge ECU fans. I have a good friend in Eastern North Carolina, Jeff Bass, who uh, lives in your area, who reached out to me. And then um, Jody Jones called me a week ago Friday. Yeah, I was standing. In, I was standing in the Tucker Center in Tallahassee. Uh, watching Pittsburgh work out on Friday night before Dan Bonner and I had their game on Saturday. And I'll never forget Joey calling me. I mean, it's just horrific yeah. what happened. And yeah. God bless Debbie and Britt and, and all their friends and family there in your part of the world. And, and yeah. He just meant so much to so many. And I don't think people, because you're fans and he's got, you don't understand business impact. And Henry, you and Patrick do. But this is a guy that touched a lot of trees and touched a lot of branches of young people and people in our business. This was everybody's friend in the business, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not a lot of guys are everybody's friend, right? Yep. And Jeff was, and that's the special quality he had. That and the fact that nobody messed with him because they thought he'd 
kick their rear. But other than that, um, you know, he was just such a great guy. And, yep. you know, he loved the business. And, you know, for all the times he talked about how much he loved summers in Michigan, and, you know, things like that, and loved the baseball and, and all these other things, he was your guy. He was yep. always somebody you could count on and lean into. And that was that's a special part of everybody's relationship with Jeff, not just mine. Wow. Uh, if you want to uh, enjoy that entire interview with Wes Durham from Talk of the Town this morning, and it was an awesome one, uh, go to uh, 103.7 WTIB's Facebook page or the Talk 96.3 Facebook page, and you can watch uh, the interview in its entirety about 90 minutes into the show from today. A break, and we'll go inside the ECU clubhouse with Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin here in just a bit. See right Pirate baseball lives right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Pirates with a convincing victory on Sunday and a doubleheader on Saturday. It all, it's a sweep, ECU, with a clean sweep of the Colonials as they start the season 3-0. and And we head to the Pirate Clubhouse now, where Coach Cliff Godwin joins us uh, to talk about uh, the weekend that uh, was an excellent uh, outing for the Pirates. Coach, always great to catch up with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Appreciate it. Let me ask you this. Uh, can we say white hot for Justin Wilcoxon right now? I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievable what he did this weekend. Yeah, he's uh, just been a guy that's worked his tail off in our program. You know, this is his fourth year. Um, he still has another year left with us. Um, but a guy that wasn't highly recruited, um, but comes in, works his tail off, and it's just great to see, you know, that come to fruition. And it's a long season, but he's one of the best hitters on our team and he's a great catcher. And we're just excited about him opening up to a good start. And boy, to, to catch all 18 innings on Saturday and then come back and catch all but one inning on uh, Sunday, pretty impressive stuff uh, from him as far as uh, toughness and durability. I know he was having a few cramps late Saturday, but uh, to be able to manage this pitching staff as well as effectively as he did and uh, to be able to do what he did defensively, uh, throwing out a runner, in fact, during uh, yesterday's game, I mean, all pretty impressive stuff from Justin Wilcox behind the plate and, and how he handles that end of his game. No question, and it's good that he's an older guy and he's been in our strength and conditioning program with Coach Wilson, and he's done a great job. And then you've got a great athletic trainer like Zach Womack who knows what to do when he gets a cramp and helps him with his body recovery stuff after a doubleheader on Saturday to get him ready for Sunday. Yeah, in particular uh, for, for all these guys, I mean, that's that's not an easy thing to do even early in the season, come out play two and uh, then come back and, and be ready to go with the quick turnaround. And a lot of that is what goes on, as you say, uh, with Zach Womack and, and obviously what's done with Coach Wilson in the strength and conditioning side of things in the off season. For sure. I mean, you know, that's why we do a lot of hard stuff in the fall to prepare you for tough days in the spring. You know, you don't bank on having a doubleheader uh, game one of, to start the season, but it is what it is, and our guys managed it and did a really good job on Saturday. Um, I'm really was really impressed with the way they showed up yesterday and, and got after it. You mentioned uh, Justin's time in the program. What really uh, is impressive about this group is 
you have a lot of guys on this, and there's a lot of really superstar-level players on this roster, but you have a lot of guys on this team that have been in the program and that have, you know, gone through the ups and downs, as as you say. And it's really, you know, Justin's one of the examples, but there are others. Guys that have persevered, because it's not all smooth sailing, especially in a Cliff Godwood-led program. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into to being the level of player that a lot of these guys are. And there's a lot of trials and tribulations, and it just seems like Will Coxon's a, a great personification of that. Yeah, I mean, he came in and, uh, like I said, just worked hard every day, never walked in my office and complained about playing time or, hey, I'm going to transfer. He just kept working hard. And, and kudos to his parents because, you know, his parents are ones that raised him and, uh, you know, have kept him here this whole time. And, and he's a great student. He's already graduated from East Carolina. He's in the NBA program. So, Really, when you talk about it, he's got a degree already in the NBA program and now getting to catch at a very high level and swing the bat at a high level is awesome. We'll get into the pitching here in a little bit. I thought on the whole uh, this weekend your team, uh, and particularly the pitchers, did a really nice job of of pitching to the defense all weekend. Well, I I can tell you this. uh, George Washington really made our start work um, in all of our pitching staff. I mean, you look at game one, and there's a lot to ask this, Bobby. I mean, you just don't understand the adrenaline that goes into opening day, and he's ready to go, and he's already got all this pregame stuff done, and he's hot. And then, okay, we're not playing, and you got to pitch tomorrow. I mean, that's just abnormal. And of course, he wanted the ball, but he didn't, you know, he didn't feel great, didn't have his best stuff, and. You know, we get down for nothing, but every guy that came in behind Spivey did a great job. Sailor, um, Root, of course. Um, I really thought when Root came in, that was the momentum swing of, hey, I'm going to pound the strike zone and, and get us back in the dugout. And then offensively, we took off. Coach, with Zach Root, uh, perhaps one of the uh, real, I won't say surprises, but certainly uh, pleasant moments of the weekend, as you say, was him coming out and, and giving you the extended work that he did that uh, day going uh, into to four innings of work, three and two-thirds. Uh, a little bit on Zach Root and uh, his journey to Greenville and, and how he has done as far as since joining the program, improving his game. Well, he was uh, a late commit. He'd actually uh, committed to another university, and they let him go. Um, not sure why they did. Um, it wasn't because of anything he did off the field. It was, you know, they didn't think he was good enough to perform early at that program. And um, so we recruited him. And, you know, normally recruiting is happening in your freshman, sophomore year. This was, um, I think, going into his senior year. And um, came on an official visit and chose us. And um, you could see flashes of this in the fall. Um, he's worked hard. But the kid's uh, got a little edge to him, and that's why we felt confident putting him in that situation because he's confident in his abilities, and he went out there. and Man, he's pounded the strike zone and turned the momentum around for sure. Coach Cliff Godwin joining us uh, here. We're talking uh, the Pirates' uh, sweep of uh, George Washington over the weekend. Uh, in game two, Trey Savage comes out. I know you all have been uh, very impressed with what he has done uh, leading up to uh, his debut in the 2023 season has a career high in strikeouts. Uh, give us an assessment of uh, Trey's performance in game two. Well, I thought he was rusty early. You know, Coach Knight and I said, and I said in the post game was 
the worst command and, and just command of all his pitches that he had the entire preseason. His last outing, I think he threw 64 pitches and 48 strikes. Of course, it's an inner squad, but, you know, he was dominant. And then he just had a tough time early on landing some off-speed off pitches. And George Washington, to their credit, they were taking away his fastball. So I thought he managed it really well, um, got out of a bases loaded jam with a double play ball, and then was able to complete five innings. And I really thought his fifth inning was his best inning. Um, and he had to throw his all-speed pitches a lot, which is only going to help him down the road. But he gave us a quality start, only gave up two runs. And um, I was proud to see him have to go through that adversity and, um, you know, pitch better at the end. Coach, as far as uh, Sunday's start goes, Josh grows sharp early. GW got back in it with uh, the swing of a bat. Uh, your team piled on some runs. Grows uh, after four innings uh, left the game and became a bullpen game. But uh, looking at Josh's start early on, it seemed like he was really sharp. Yeah, he's really sharp for three innings and then just kind of lost it, you know. And um, at times, pitchers can do that. But uh, he gave us a quality start. And uh, yeah, we would have liked to see you know more innings out of him. But uh, that's the ability with the guys we got in the bullpen. You know, Danny Bill came in and did a really good mm-hmm. job, and we just continued to pass the ball, and, and guys did a good job that followed him. Coach, who else uh, were you impressed with out of the pen overall on the weekend? Well, I thought Tyler Brock came in um, in game one and had to do what, you know, he needed to do. Um, I think he's a little amped up early, which is fine, but, you know, people don't remember in the eighth inning of game one, we were up one. So right. he actually got a save. So was impressed with him, was impressed with Merritt Beaker. Um, you know, uh, Willie Lumpkin came in, did a good job for, I think, two outs. Um, but all those guys that got out there, it's just good to get, get them out there. Shinkman, Jay Hunter, uh, even Jordan Little. Jordan Little, we had him hot pretty much a lot on Saturday. So I'm sure he was a little fatigued yesterday, but he battled through his inning as well. So a lot of guys went out there and did their job. Little's an interesting, uh, an interesting, uh, specimen coach. I mean, 6'3", 200, and is one of those guys that just looks like in your weight program you could add the strength and muscle to. Uh, a lot of these guys fall into that category out of the pen, but, uh, he seems like kind of a, an intriguing prospect. Yeah, I think Jordan's best days are for sure in head of him. Um, he's still trying to fine tune his off speed pitches, but he's got a really quick arm. Um, you know, he's going to throw the ball 95, 96 miles an hour one day for sure. Um, and you might see it this year. Um, but we're definitely excited about his future. Hey, Coach, thanks for the time as always. We look forward to seeing you uh, in Clark LeClaire Stadium before the UNC game. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Patrick. If you want to enjoy that entire uh, interview or miss some of it and want to relive it, uh, however you want to consume it, you could go to 94.3 The Game dot com go under the inside the ecu clubhouse with coach cliff godwin podcast tab and you can listen to the program there more of the patrick johnson show is coming up on your flagship home of pirate basketball 94.3 the game
Big thanks today to Coach Goblin for being with us. Also, big thanks to Ben Byram and Chris Cook for all of their hard work uh, on the program today. We will be back with you on Wednesday. Pirate Baseball preempts us tomorrow as they take on Campbell. And don't forget, we'll have Pirate Basketball on 107.9 WNCT at Tulsa tomorrow night. Stay tuned. Coming up, it will be Inside ECU Athletics, the radio show, live from Logan's Roadhouse. First episode since uh, Jeff Charles is passing, so you won't want to miss it.